The dean of the Athens House delegation in studio with us this morning, the only Democrat in the local delegation, and the only no vote, as far as I know, on that particular bill. We'll get to that and some of the others. Spencer Fry, thanks for riding out this morning. Yeah, man, glad to be here. I, you know, last time you had me on, I went to the wrong station out of <laughs> habit. I think we've been talking for about yeah. 10 years now, and uh, I drove over to Five Points. Yeah, the Bob and Mill studio. So yeah. I'm glad to be here in the right location. Well, it's a, it's a crazy thing. I mean, they, they moved me out here a couple of Thanksgivings ago, and it's fine. At that moment, I was living over there off the west side, and so it was an easy drive in. And now I, I live closer. I could walk to the other station, but here I am having to drive in. So uh, the world in which I live. Uh, yeah, that House Bill 41 stopped. Start there and get through this first. Uh, now, as we've discussed, and we talked about this with Senator Ginn yesterday, with Representative Gaines yesterday, and as he was alluding to there, Representative Gaines, uh, leave aside the pro-life, pro-choice part of this. There, there are other components of that bill that we don't focus on as much that I would think would be, I would think at least be worthy of consideration. Well, I mean, that, you know, like, like uh, Houston said, I mean, that's a that's a tough, tough subject, and I, I really feel like. It's one of those things. It's very emotional. You know, obviously, I voted no for the bill um, in its original form. It really did some things that we didn't want it to do. Um, I believe in a woman's right to choose. Uh, I feel like the measure, it's it's one of those things that they're trying to get up to the Supreme Court, and we're going to spend a lot of money battling it. It's not going to stop anything when the governor signs it, assuming he is going to sign it. And... Uh, there's several other states that are trying it, and I think this is all around the Supreme Court nomination by the president. And I would have rather us focused on issues that actually uh, were able to do something to change the lives of Georgians. Uh, that took up a lot of bandwidth, and uh, it was a very difficult situation for everyone involved. Uh, the pallor of the room after that vote passed, I think it was 92 or 93, you need 91 to pass. Right, right, right. And um, I don't think anybody really felt good. And for the first time since I've been there in seven years, uh, there was a silence Mm. on the House floor as we were discussing the following legislation for at least two bills, a full Mm. 15 minutes where nobody was talking. Tell me quickly, because I don't know this guy. There was we focused on a handful of Republicans who crossed over, voted with Democrats. There was one Democrat who voted yes on this thing. Mac Jackson. I don't know him. I assume you do. I do know Mac. Uh, Mac's a good person. He's a uh, he's a preacher. I don't know his denomination, and I never approached him about it. You know, this is a very personal subject, and I just figured that it would be a situation where you're not going to change people's minds on an issue like this, and. Um, you know, he voted what he felt like was right. Our read on this is the same, by the way. I mean, we're, we're different places on how sure. we would have voted, but I, I, I do recognize that what's going on here, not just in Georgia, but the other states as well. This is about getting Roe v. Wade in front of the Supreme Court. It, the Supreme Court can't just take it up. A case has to get there, and whether it's Georgia's or someone else's, that'll happen. Uh, you mentioned broadband uh, and, and people burning up bandwidth. Uh, broadband was an issue, uh, and Senator Frank, again, uh, we talked about this with him yesterday, this business about letting the EMCs provide uh, internet access, the the places in the state, the high-speed broadband that don't have it. Where were you on that one? Well, of course, I'm absolutely for that. I mean, we're looking at um, internet access as becoming more of a, a utility rather than a luxury, and, and you can't really function these days in our modern society without having access to the internet. And, you know, you got places in, in Oconee County, where we are right now, mm-hmm. that the kids can't get access to the internet, and this is something that we've been uh, trying to address 
since early on. And when I first got elected, we had some builders call me up and say, hey, we had service brought to the head of the neighborhood that we we're building, but then the economy tanked. And then when the economy picks back up, they start building these houses, and the guy said, hey, look, I've got six $350,000 houses up here. <laughs> Can't hook up to the Internet. And the Internet service provider will refusing to hook them up to the mm-hmm. Internet. And uh, we created a solution that worked very well, and, and they were able to do that. But, I mean, that's the thing. You've got to figure out a way. You know, what's the government? You know, I think you, you're and I, lines in the sand are what, what is the government's role in our lives. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. one of those things where you, you go, okay, Eventually, I believe that broadband and Internet access will be regulated like a utility. Um, I've By got, the Public Service Commission? Maybe. You know, mm-hmm. you can't predict exactly where mm-hmm. it's going to go, but it definitely needs to have some sort of thing because you need power, you need water, mm-hmm. you need heat, and now you need Internet. You know, it's an amazing and, because you just think back through the history of those things you just mentioned. Uh, electricity, okay, they have it in town, but we don't need it out here in the country. I mean, that's the way people lived. That's exactly right. And, and that's the way they got electricity. And this is this is repeating that same pattern, cable TV, telephone. It all worked exactly the same way. It all worked exactly the same way. And I remember when I was growing up that we used four digits on our <laughs> telephone, right? Did you grow up with a party line? We had the party lines and everything. So, you know, as technology changes, it is part of the government's role to step in and try to monitor the activities to make sure it's equitable to all the citizens in the state. And the rural communities are getting pounded right now Mm -hmm. with industry not being able to come. It's like, how are you going to bring a business to rural Georgia if nobody can get on the Internet? Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. Spencer Fry, State Rep. Spencer Fry in studio with us. I talked with Houston Gaines yesterday, Representative Gaines. He was able to get that bill passed, that, that, that needle exchange bill, we'll call it. At shorthand, uh, and, and and that's it's not a, a common thing for a freshman lawmaker to be able to have that kind of an impact, uh, irrespective of party. Uh, anything that you can point to, okay, this is one. And I know you're a Democrat and in the minority, and then that that comes with its own dynamic. There, anything that you pushed locally or anywhere anywhere else that that had at least a legislative impact. Absolutely, I've got. Um, I had three bills that I was really working on, and several bills that actually did get out and are waiting the governor's signature. Um, one was an insurance protection bill, which would basically uh, preclude insurance companies from denying coverage or raising rates to victims of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And that was just a little loophole in the, in the code that we've had. Um, I did say in the committee hearings to all my insurance friends out there that there are no recorded cases of that actually happening in Georgia for mm-hmm. sexual assault. But the code was amended in the 2000s to include domestic to create a domestic violence section where insurance companies couldn't raise rates based on domestic violence claims. Mm-hmm. And we all know that we, I mean, I'm sure you have, and the listeners out there have said this, well, I'm not going to claim that on my insurance because my rates are going to go up. We'll right. just pay for that out of pocket. Yeah, oh yeah. And so, yeah. you know, the protections uh, need to be in place for that. Um, we also had, there was a community banking bill that I was working on, and it's still going to be alive. We didn't make it to crossover. Um and that would create banking zones for underbanked areas, a lot of the rural areas mm-hmm. that we have, and also some in the bigger cities. Um, one that I think is awesome uh, that my kids were so excited about, we've been working on this for several years, is the recess bill, <laughs> which <laughs> okay. I tell you, I was so proud of my children, yeah. uh, Spencer and Ruby. They're up in the gallery. This was three How old years are they ago. Now? now they're 10 right. and 13, right. but then they were 10 and 7. Yeah. 
and they're up in the gallery and they're on their phones and I could look up there <laughs> and then all of a sudden um, one of my colleagues, uh, Demetrius Douglas, used to play football right, here right, at UGA, right, yeah. um, started talking about, it, he was in the well, started talking about his recess bill. Mm. And they both popped up from their phones <laughs> and looked at them and looked at me and then they started texting me and said, is he talking about recess? And this and is the so, one that now mandates a, a period or a, a prescribed length of time for recess. It I mandates, guess it sets a minimum, I it guess. It sets a 30-minute minimum for recess in uh, up to fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And it also says that you can't take away recess as a punishment. Here's my question. Why does the legislature need to decide? Why can't the Clark County School Board, why can't the Oconee County School Board, why can't the Lowndes County School Board settle this in its own way? That's a great question. And the, and the reality is there's no standard. You've got, even in Clark County, and I spoke to some of the school board members about this, mm-hmm. they've got some schools that are giving 13 minutes for recess mm-hmm. for a fifth grader and below. And then some schools are giving the 30. And so we wanted to create uniformity across the state. Georgia has one of the um, highest obesity rates in children of that age. And if you think about not equating children to animals, but every time I've tried to train my dogs, you run them, you play yeah. with them, and then you start training them. Mm-hmm. And kids got to have that nervous energy and get it out of them. And I think that's it, a, it, it's important. It, it just occurs to me to wonder, and I don't know, and maybe you don't. I'll apologize for asking. Is, is PE mandatory in schools? Well, it is now. Okay. Physical education is mandatory now. It is well. I mean, because of the recess bill. But I, I honestly, I have no idea about if that's a state mandate or not. No, I think I, it might just be a school thing. I, I think so. But too. you know, remember, I mean, Tim, when we were growing up, I think I had a whole hour talking about the Medicaid waiver. A couple of them approved by the legislation. That's a piece of legislation already signed by Governor Brian Kemp. Nine eighteen classics of today, sponsored by Dr. Paul Brown, and joined in studio by Athens State Rep. Democrat Spencer Fry. Where were you on this one? Well, I didn't like the content of the bill. I'm excited that we're moving forward with at least looking at a plan. Um, there are some issues in the idea that at there has been no federal waiver approved um, that would, at 100% of the poverty level, that would return the dollars to the state at a 90% level. All the other states that have requested 100% of the waiver will get uh, 66, 66 mm. cents on the dollar. That's so a significant difference. It's a significant difference. And, you know, I'm hoping that we're going to at least this starts the conversation. And to be clear, we did not really pass a bill that's going to affect the lives of people in the state. What we did is passed a bill that authorizes the governor's office to create a plan mm-hmm. however they say see fit that was my that was my impression of the whole piece of legislation i don't mean this critically it just struck me as so nebulous i, I couldn't get my arms around what it was supposed to be or do that's exactly right so if you recall several years ago when uh, jason carter was running for governor and the medicaid expansion conversation was a little fresher um the legislature took the power away from the governor and put it into the House and the Senate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then this bill basically restores that power to the governor and puts a cap on what they can ask for. That's the best explanation I've had of this thing. I don't know why the Republicans couldn't explain it that way. I mean, they're too busy thumping their chest about what it'll do. Well, this will make Georgia the health care leader that shut up and tell me what it does. Yeah, we don't really know exactly if we're going to be able to claim that title because it depends (laughs) on the plan that we get. You know, so it wasn't a plan. It 
I didn't like it because it capped the governor's uh, – it tied his hands as far as asking the federal government for the waiver. So it's 100% waiver, not a 138% waiver. And, you know, there are um, subsidies for anybody over 100%, but if you're over 100%, you're making over $12,400, right? And that's below minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And so essentially what we're doing is we're saying, okay, if you're making minimum wage, you're making 14000 a year. It's almost like it's legislation written for waiters and waitresses who don't make the minimum wage, and they live on tips. Yes. It's, 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 you've written a piece of legislation for one very, very specific set of folks here. Uh, school safety bill passed. Uh, and the thing that I noticed, and we talked about this with the, the others, uh, there wasn't much by way. In fact, there wasn't anything in there about guns. There were some things in school training and drills that you'll take and, and some different resource officers and different levels of, of enforcement, but nothing in there at all about guns. Should there have been? That's a tough question. I, you know, I think I prefer the reaction of uh, there was a country I, I, I can't claim to know which one it was. There was a recent shooting in Denmark. What, what was it? Some European country. Okay. Massive shooting occurred. The government immediately um, clamped down. They didn't talk about. Oh, you mean New Zealand? Was that the New Zealand? mosque shootings yeah, in New yeah. Zealand? Yeah, we're rounding up guns tomorrow, which is effectively what they've done down there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would prefer a more uh, proactive uh, uh, response. Like, how about some background checks, closing the peer-to-peer sale gun sale? Me selling loophole. my gun to you. Yeah, like we did for our cars. I mean, we've done it for automobiles, and why can't we do it for weapons? And and you know, that seems a little bit disingenuous in that idea. And um, you know. Training, you can go get a firearm license without a single bit of training, but yet if you go get a hunting license, you have to take an hour-and-a-half course, take some quizzes online just to be able to walk around in the woods by yourself with a loaded rifle. But in order to walk around in public with a loaded handgun concealed on your person, you need zero training. I think I would rather address disparities in the law like that um, that would make uh, responsible gun, owner, gun ownership and safe gun ownership more of a priority in the state. Well, state Rep. Spencer Fry in studio with us. Another few minutes here. The Athens Democrat. Uh, new voting machines and other changes to Georgia's elections law. You okay with this, or do you want to go? Are you one of those who want to go all the way back to all paper voting? Well, you know, I mean, those are those are questions. I think the biggest issue that I had with that piece of legislation is that. Uh, we took out a 10-year bond package in order to pay for it. $150 million. $150 million, and the software is going to be outdated in a couple of years. And so well, software no can be updated. Sure, but, I mean, there's no no concept of, okay, this is a system that we're going to look at um, holistically. We're going to take this money. We're going to, we knew it was going to cost $150 before the bids were even put out, and even the Secretary of State put out a bid request before the governor signed the bill. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, Well, they got to manufacture those machines. We got to get them here. And, oh, by the way, if I bid $140 million, don't I win? I mean, if, I, if that's the starting point, I can always bid under, can I? You can always bid under, but I guarantee you it's going to be $149.99. <laughs> State Rep. Spencer Fry with us. Uh, the budget and the teacher pay raises. Uh, everybody wants more money for teachers, and Governor Kemp wanted more money for teachers. He started at 5 he settles for 3 and calls it a down payment. Where, where are we on this? Well, I think that that was one of the significant pieces of legislation that was able to be passed is giving our teachers raises. Our teachers are 
some of the hardest working people in the state. And I mean that by being the parent of two young children, <laughs> that if I had to stay in a room full of uh, 25 <laughs> of those 30, young yeah. kids, yeah. that I would want a lot of money for it. And they do things that aren't measurable by tests. Um, you know, I'll tell you a story about athens Clark County tries to get every student to the UGA campus because there's a lot of kids in our community that don't have access to the campus. So they send them to a basketball game. Mm-hmm. And you go, one of my friends who was a teacher, and all the students had to wear the same color shirt specific of their school. And she went out and bought a dozen T-shirts of a specific color because her kids, she was in a, a, a lower-income school here in town, couldn't afford those T-shirts. And, you know, stuff like that goes on all the time. And you can't measure that by a test. You can't measure the way these folks care about their students and the changes and the effect that they have on their lives by just this standardized testing that we, we put put on them. And I think that they it's well-deserved, and I'll be fighting for getting that extra 2000 to fulfill the promise that the governor made during his campaign to try to get that in next year's budget as well. Having a governor from Athens, which we haven't had since the 1850s, I think, I mean, good, bad, and different in terms of, of your work in the legislature and the local legislative delegation, I mean, it has to help, right? Well, I mean, you know, it's a it's a situation where I've known uh, the governor for several years through our uh, work together in the Home Builders Association, and um, I think he's a good person in general, and we will differ on a lot of things. Um, maybe we, for me, I get to wave at the governor more than I used to. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it hadn't really seemed to help or hurt either way, but I, I'm really proud that we do have leadership from Athens, strong leadership um, with the delegation. Um, obviously, I wish there would be more Democrats around here, but um, I'm proud to be able to represent the community with the values that I have. Your day job now, back to that. How's Habitat going? Man, we are rocking and rolling. It's exciting. How many We're, houses now? Oh, golly. I think I'm on 93. Wow. Um We've got two that one we're working on. We have two that we're about to uh, groundbreak on as soon as I can get the plans uh, together and pull the permits. And we've got two that are waiting. We've got uh, just the other day we had a lady that emergency needed a place to live. I'm able to uh, provide a a safe spot for a lady who is fleeing some domestic issues Mm. for her two kids and her Mm. Um, being able to do that and, and help the people uh, uh, on this level is just really exciting. I, and I'll put really in the plug here. We moved, and, and, you know, a lot of our stuff from the house we left ended up there, and a lot of the things that, that we put into the new house came from the restore out there on Atlanta Highway. I, I've suddenly turned into, I mean, I've known it was there. I'm a customer now. That you know? is awesome. I love it's, to hear that. I love it, to I mean, hear that. It's good stuff in there, and obviously good bargains and, and, and good work, and for a wonderful cause, uh, the way you folks do it down there. State Rep. Spencer Frag, and I, it probably blows him away to even think of it this way, but the dean of the Athens House delegation. Yes, that did blow uh, me away. I heard you say that, and I can't believe it's true. In studio with us this morning, uh, the session that wrapped up just a couple, three days ago. Best of luck moving forward, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for dropping in yeah, this morning. Thank you, Tim.